0: Hello, I'm Dapper Dan Gavaston, and I own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, including the annuals and these weird Alpha Omega Dust Dawn finales, which I think still count towards a complete collection of Amazing Spider-Man.
1: And I'm mischievous Mark Giannacchio, and I too own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, including the annuals. I don't think they count and you know, I question these these dusk and dawn issues, primarily because this was dark web finale number one, Dan. And as far as I'm concerned, there is no number two, but maybe there is, and none of us own it. So then do we have a complete collection because we only have this one? I don't know, Dan. And because of those questions, they cannot count.
0: Yes, but you never know when they're gonna pull a superior Spider-Man and continue the numbering like a year later. And then do those count towards the legacy numbering of Amazing Spider-Man? I'm not even sure. I don't Hmm. think so. And yet there's continuations of that series. But the less we think about this, probably the better. Either way, welcome everybody to the Amazing Spider-Talk, of the show where two fans and collectors uncover the strange, fun, confusing numbering and fascinating history of the Spider-Man comic universe. Thanks for joining us for another of our review episodes of the amazing spider talk.
1: If you want to swing along with us on our journey through Spidey's past, present and future and abnormal numbering structure, subscribe to amazing spider talk on your favorite podcast app. This podcast exists
0: because of the support of our Patreon members. If you want to receive early episodes, exclusive artwork, and keep this podcast going, you can go to AmazingSpiderTalk.com and you'll see a big button that says Patreon. It'll take you on over to our Patreon and you can check out all we have to offer. Including this week, we dropped an episode of our Season 6 coverage of the DeFalco the Friends run Months early. So uh, that's something you're going to want to get on. It's an interview with Ron Friends and Tom DeFalco that I think you're all going to love. Either way, today on the show, Mark and I are going to be discussing Dark Web Dawn, uh, I mean, finale number one. This issue was written by Zeb Wells. The issue's cover and interior artwork are penciled by Adam Kubert and Francesco Mortarino with inks from Scott Hanna plus colors by Frank Martin and Guru EFX, and of course, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. It's also important to note that this issue was edited by Nick Lowe's evil clone, Albert Banazak for the final time. This issue was first released on February 1st, 2023, and Mark, with all those names, I feel like I've finally been given the Mark Ginocchio gauntlet of name reading.
1: I mean, but you got to say like a fun one, Francesco Mortarino. Francesco. Yeah, yeah, you got you got Francesco. it better than I did. But you I guess that with comes with being do, Italian. I am going to say a little bit of a pizza
0: pie. Yes, anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, Mark, it's time for our third and possibly last, before it just randomly disappears, rec-rap recap thwap.
1: Thwap thwap, Dan. All right. <laughs> We're back in New York City, and Ben and Janine are window shopping again, but this time, the memories of Christmas past are even foggier and forgettable, like that second Christmas story movie that didn't have any of the original cast in it. King Chasm and Hollow's Eve have overrun New York City with their demon brood, while Madeline, Spider-Man, and the X-Men fight over who gets to take a piece out of them first. Spider-Man points out that Ben's entire plan so far is stupid and nonsensical, Again, I love meta-commentary. That's not supposed to be meta-commentary. And Madeline relents to getting her demons back under her power while Spidey deals with Chasm. The X-Men approach Chasm and Hallows Eve first, so the Insidious Six are on the job looking to feast on blood. Madeline arrives with her new sidekick, Eddie Brock, with erased memories, fighting as something called Bedlam now. I really don't want to know what happened there, Dan, but I'm sure you've read all the tie-ins and will tell me about it later. I actually Back- recommend <laughs> the Venom book. It's really good. Of, co- of course you do, Dan. Back to Smitey. <laughs> he confronts Chasm and Hollow's Eve and Wreck Rap sidles up for the fight as well. Hollow's Eve puts on her magical werewolf mask. Yes, I get this is what her gimmick is, but it doesn't make it any less bizarre to summarize about it, okay? <laughs> and before she can sing... Werewolf von Mitzvah, spooky, scary, boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. A big old fight breaks out. So we cut back to the X-Men and Madeline Bedlam. A shirtless Alex Summers arrives to say the demons are bearing down on them. The X-Men form a wedge. Meanwhile, Spidey and Recrap are not doing so hot against Chasm and Hallow's Eve. But then the brand new super friends show up in the Gold Goblin and Miss Marvel, finally paying off those tie-ins the past few months that i haven't read i have to say i wasn't sold this far but now this really feels like an event i have to turn my comic sideways to read that madeline basically goes all hellfire to get the demons to finally bend to her knee which allows the entire brigade to set their sights on finally taking out chasm ben recognizes he's not going to win this fight so he banishes janine somewhere and proceeds to take his lumps from pretty much everyone but spider-man note Rick rap died on the way back to his home planet with chasm defeated madeline spidey and the x-men start to fight about what to do with him until we jump forward to the spring and then is in a garden somewhere while spider-man confronts him to check in on him ben is still not ready to show any contrition or affection towards peter and that's that We learn that Ben is a prisoner in limbo, but without all of the torment, since he did admit to Madeline that he led the attack on New York City. Spider-Man slinks off, and the final reveal is that Madeline has cut a deal with the United States and created a limbo embassy to New York City. Sure, Mayor Adams can't do anything about crime in the subways, but he can open up a new gateway to limbo in the city. (laughs) My tax dollars at work, Dan. Yeah, I mean, this guy was
0: supposed to be, like, cracking down on crime, and now he's opened a portal to hell? Uh, I mean, what what are you going to do? New York politics. You know, yeah. talk about a woke agenda, Dan. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Mark, Dark Web finale number one. We're recording this a little bit later than, than we normally do, about, like, a week later, because we had, like, a, two new issues back-to-back. Boy, you know, wow, this was really a week and a half ago that this book came out it feels like it came out two years ago. And I think that's a reflection of how little I care about this event and its finale and how little it impacts the world of Spider-Man. I mean, since then we even got a new ASM and it yada yada's dark web. Wasn't that crazy? What, what a fever dream we all had. And to me, that's the biggest ding I have for this whole thing is like ostensibly chasm is the big bad. And yet this felt like it just ignored all the Spidey stuff and focused on X-Men, which fair enough. But then why did we need this to take over Amazing Spider-Man for as long as it did?
1: I'm with you, Dan. I mean, I think, you know, the the key point to your criticism, because I mean, you know, we've certainly criticized this story uh, a a metric ton leading up to this recap, you know, this episode here. Not only was this kind of silly and nonsensical, but you know it had no consequences whatsoever. I mean, you know, Sp- Spidey and Ben are in the exact same place they were prior to this, which is like this like standoffish thing where Ben just blames Spidey for everything. There's no deeper understanding. There's no further tension that's that's happened outside of the fact that Chasm led this assault on the city and he was subdued, basically with Spidey as a bystander, which is like also one of my like major dings about how this wrapped up it's like you know this is his, this is spider-man peter parker's evil twisted uh, clone and you know if it wasn't for madeline pryor and the x-men there there's no sense of justice or or conflict resolution between the two of them here and it, that's just like it, it really feels like a waste of time here i mean we know we've talked about this in the past nick lowe's prior books prior you know before he jumped on spider-man was x-men so maybe this was just an opportunity for him to scratch that itch again i as a reader uh, and a fan of spider-man i i don't think this did me any favors so you know good for him i guess i don't know like i just really frustrated
0: I'm glad you brought up Nick Lowe and like the kind of like uh, backstory there, because like by the end of this, this whole thing kind of felt like an inside joke uh, um, amongst like writers and editorial and like maybe some like uh, itch they wanted to scratch rather than any kind of natural growth out of any of the titles. I mean, even as someone who's not as attuned to X-Men, I'd still read a lot of those books and like. Uh, This was, you know, as much as I think the Madeline story was much better handled here She was literally handed Limbo, you know, as the ruler, you know, the the not benevolent ruler of Limbo Like a month or two prior to this event starting And so, like, to undo, like, that characterization is really strange, you know, in in this book So, like, it's, I don't think any group of fans really walked away with a a 100% satisfying story here it felt like they had to do an event and maybe they all tied it in. And, you know, there's ways to make this less offensive. Like, I get that they probably want to build padding into ASM and and give, you know, Zeb some some assist and break his art team up so that they can handle, like, you know, the, the bi-weekly thing. But, like, why not make the ASM books a tie-in miniseries? Like, the X-Men books were, right? The regular X-Men title got to continue on unabated by dark web and this x-men you know the x-men book for this was a a miniseries and you know that was a fine miniseries i still prefer the regular x-men title which i think is pretty s- strong i don't know why asm had to get sidetracked by this other than the fact that probably zeb wells couldn't handle you know putting out as many books you know as, as would, this would require which is understandable like it, 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 it it's a big ass for anybody and it then it gets back to the question of bi-weekly Spider-Man.
1: Good idea? Question mark. My solution would be, you know, yes, like take this out of the, the main Spider-Man run and like get someone else to 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 write it from the Spider-Man perspective. But like clearly, Ze- I, I, well, I shouldn't say clearly, but like I would have to assume and I, I hate doing this, but I would have to assume that Zeb has some kind of attachment to. To Ben Riley and Chasm here, so he wants to be in the room where it happens here. And like, okay, I get that, but like, like you said, this doesn't, this didn't serve anything because I don't read X Men. Does this doesn't even really progress anything on the X Men front? Yeah, I don't know how having a portal to Limbo in New York is going to impact X Men. I don't care, uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, but I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like this just seemed like a very. Pointless navel gazing exercise, and yeah, like an inside joke that was going on. And okay, cool, but in the meantime, you sold a bunch of these comics for $3.99, $4.99 a pop to people who are trying to read something because they think it matters, and it really didn't. And that sucks. I'm sorry, as a a reader, as a fan, like putting aside as a critic, I think that's that I, I hate that. Like, it's just like you got to you got to treat your your fans better than that. Even if they enjoyed the story, I I I just like there's got to be a better way structurally to do a story like this where it doesn't impact the main lines in a in a way that you know for the people where this doesn't scratch an itch, they're just like kind of subjected to this. And then you know we we will we'll get to that in our next episode. But we get to another issue of Amazing Spider Man, which now granted is is by a fill in creative team, but is immediately back to the narrative that had been, you know, had been building to in amazing Spider-Man prior to this. So it doesn't feel like a a culture shock, you know, like, so it's just like, I don't know, like, I've been saying this for the last, what, two and a half months that we've been talking about this story. Like, like, I, none of this makes sense to me from like, like an objective. This is a good idea for Spider-Man standpoint. And I, I don't, this finale by no stretch turned the tides on that opinion for me.
0: Well, I I just think, you know, to add on to that, I think the standard for green lighting an event needs to be higher. You know, like if you're going to do an event and ask us to buy all these comics, you know, uh, many of which I I enjoy. Like, I think a lot of the B titles here largely ignored Dark Web and just used it for their own stories, which like good. Like, I think that's actually a a good way to handle it. I think that you need to like have a story that's truly compelling Enough to get people on board If it sells a bunch of comics great But like long term is that You know sustainable and is It servicing your fans in the way that's Going to like allow for these runs to Continue attracting uh, New readers but like I think about something Like the first Civil War like Make no mistake like Whatever you think of that comic the reason that That was like a an event You know that brought in a lot Of people to comics and brought a lot Of people back to comics was like it felt like it was an event that had a reason to, to exist and had a compelling reason to exist. And I just don't see something like dark web. Like, I mean, I, and I was complaining about this leading up to the start of it, which is like, like what's what, what's the hook of this? I don't understand like, like what this is. The clones are te- like uh, teaming up. I, it, it was way too shallow of a pitch. And I think that ended up resulting in, you know, the kind of, the end result here. You know, even, even the things I liked about it, like, you know, uh, rec rap, for example, I, I, I think he is the spider Gwen of, of this event, which is to say like it, coming out of spider verse, like Marvel greenlit a silk series thinking that would be the breakout character. And here we're getting a hollows Eve series. And I don't think anybody ever wants to read any more about hollows Eve. And I haven't read those books. They might be great, you know, but like, that's not the character that, that I would want to read a book about. Like, and I'm not like dying for a rec rap book. I famously last episode said, I never want to see him again. But like, I think he was the, like the breakout, like saving grace of something enjoyable on the page to read. But even then, then at the end of this, they probably were like, oh, wait, this is working. So we don't know how to end his story here. So let's just have him. Disappear you know like what well, the, the Pucci analog that you said Earlier is very apt it's like well Rec rap is just gone
1: Um But let's let's bridge that Into if there were quote Unquote consequences or Things that happened it's It's the fact that you Know Janine is now kind of Turned into this full Fledged villain and Ben Riley seems To have just like truly hit a point of no return. Like, you know, it seems like the last two events kind of left the door open that Ben, maybe that there was hope for Ben. And I feel like that was just dashed here and that this is the status quo for these characters. Now, do you have any general thoughts about that?
0: I mean, I'll say it again. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with making Ben Riley into a villain. Like if that's a direction you want to take the character, Cool, like, do it with a good idea behind it. And I think there's a kernel of something that works here. You know, the idea that this is the character who's been abandoned time and time again. He has been, like, a second stringer, you know, to... In in all ways, you know, like, his life isn't really his own, you know? And so, like, Beyond introduced the idea of, like, okay, well, if you remove Peter's memories from him, who, who does that guy become? And he is truly a guy that, like, had to roam the countryside on a motorcycle because he, you know, thought for the longest time that, I mean, <laughs> however the Clone Saga resolved it or not, like, that he was not the real guy. And th- those are painful memories. And what does that pain shape someone into? That's an interesting idea. And, like, could be a really cool villain. And, and, and I think could really. You know, fill a, like a, a a real vacancy that I think we have in the Spider-Man villain lineup right now, which is like we have Harry Osborne gone. Venom is no longer a Spider-Man villain. We don't have that kind of like like friend of Spider-Man twisted, like good character turned bad personal connections to Peter. Like that's a hole that this lineup could use. But this story went so far out of its way to like not engage with those ideas and gave them a little bit of lip service in this issue you know as someone like me who's open to ideas unlike a lot of the internet like i'm open to them actually doing things with characters because that's how we get to interesting places and doing things with characters means sometimes doing bad things with characters and i would count this one as like interesting idea executed terribly it's just it's upsetting because. I want to be defensive of creators actually trying new things, but when you try new things and you fail this spectacularly,
1: it's hard to defend that not to not to go back in time, Dan, but like i would I would go as far as to give offer the hot take that like I prefer you know from a story execution and sensibility standpoint, I preferred the turn of Ben Riley into the new jackal like that made more sense to me than this. Because, like, you know, like, not that I loved that development, but, like, the way the story set it up, it made sense. You know, I'm like, all right, okay. And, you know, but then they kind of cut that off at the knees because they wanted to create another B story about Ben Riley and the Peter David series and all that. And the rest is all history where they just kind of made him into this antihero. So it's like to me, there is a template out there for how you can kind of work with Ben and make him into this villain, but not in a silly way. Like, I mean, like, I, you know, I I kept making this joke in in my recaps the last few episodes, but like, you know, this like the meta commentary that maybe isn't supposed to be meta commentary. I mean, the fact that they just kept in the in the story itself being like, yeah, what Ben is doing is stupid. Like, that's not... That's not the flex you think it is creators. You know what I mean? Like like yeah, it was this whole thing was stupid. Like none of it made sense and we knew as readers that it was stupid. Like so like what's the what is the what is the journey you're taking us on that you're 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 inherently changing the characterization of Ben Riley, but doing it in a way that you know is just kind of dumb and and silly and and without purpose. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, impulsive, but not like spidey impulsive, but you know, that characterization that we seem to have kind of sometimes taken, I think, in too far directions over the years. You know, like in terms of Jan- Janine and One Breath, it's like I don't know what the longevity was going to be of like Janine trying to be this kind of moral center of, you know, of an unhinged Ben Riley. I feel like it was kind of inevitable that she would further, you know, eventually completely immerse herself in Ben's psychology, if that makes sense. Again, like Hallow's Eve and, you know, like it's just like, it feels like, you know, bootleg harley quinn I, I i it's just okay cool like what 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 does this say about this character and where she is now and what what is supposed to really draw me in here that janine is now got mystical powers caused by halloween mess.
0: <laughs> i mean it goes back to the like restaurant scene in grand central terminal you know, which is which is to say, or, or rather, the station. Oh, no, the terminal. You, you, okay, I got it right. All right, good. I know. I know you're a stickler on this. But wait, it's a terminal. Wait, wait. Day. No. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, Mark. Sorry. I'm sorry. You know. Please let's let's proceed. keep podcasting together. Please, okay. please
1: proceed, editor. All right. Fair, fair
0: enough. Okay. Uh, like, which is to say, like, I think that's kind of like her attacking that restaurant owner as the police were coming was supposed to be the big turning point, and like. For, for the character but like that's not enough To sell me on her going full villain And you know if that if that Was that point You know I, I don't really think that we Got there and I don't Know it it's I just find the whole thing Kind of I- icky just Generally like ha- taking this Woman who's been wronged by the law And abused by her You know father uh, In an implied sexual uh, Way like and then just having her be like, well, let me just go full villain. Uh, I mean, there, there are some moments of grace for her here where like Ben sends her away because he doesn't want to get her like caught up in this. And he admits that it's really his thing. And she was just being supportive or whatever. But like uh, if you want to engage with these ideas, engage with them. Uh, th- this is. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, just seeing them like wrapped up into kind of silly villain tropes like when when these characters have a history that's as complex as they are, I just, I just don't think it works. And, you know, maybe if this was like the second or third chasm and hollows Eve story that we'd ever gotten, you know, like, like where they're already established villains and we're going to do kind of a perfunctory story for them. I would be more okay with this characterization, but as they're kind of like breakout defining, story that really is going to like establish who they are as characters like this did not do the work
1: speaking of work why don't we talk a little bit about the slack and all the work i've been putting into the slack lately well mark uh you have shown up
0: in the slack recently uh, an increasing uh, rate so why don't you tell us what you uh what you know about the slack so that uh, others might come and join us
1: I mean, you know, I I do know that hundreds of listeners like you, Dan, hang out in our community of Spider-Man fans on the Slack and that many of you just like to mention me. And, like, going through that after not being in the Slack for, like, three months was quite the experience. Like, oh, look at that. Oh, look at this one. Oh, you know, it's like you want me there. You were really begging for me to be there. So, uh, heard, okay? But anyway, (laughs) the reason why... It's just so easy for me to jump in and catch up. It's because it's it's a community that's absolutely free to join. You could jump into active conversations with mentions at me, with awesome people who like to talk trash to me, and also talk about collecting conventions, movies, new comics, old comics, and more. Uh, Dan, besides my graceful appearances, what else has been going on in the Slack this week?
0: Yeah. Well, Mark, like you said, the tagging of you continues this week. We we are so excited for you to just like get bombarded by our love, so to speak. But speaking of love, uh, inspired by our incredibly positive Slack member, Carlos, we've been sharing all of our positive thoughts on dark web. Yes, I think we can all say that this story has been disappointing. But we want to continue to lift the conversation And talk about the things we actually enjoyed So we've had a thread going What are the things we've liked about this story You know And as like Maybe cynical of an exercise as that is I actually like Like a found it a refreshing like Let's take a like a helicopter view And say like Okay what are truly some positives that came out of this Can't say there were a lot But I appreciate the positivity of our Slack, and that's what I like about it. It is just not toxic, even about stories we don't like. Come on, join the Slack. It's an awesome community. There's a link in the description of this episode that'll let you sign up in less than a minute, and you can come start having conversations with us. We're proud to uh, reach 600 members. Uh, It's a fun place to be and, and a great counter to all the people on Twitter that tell you you're an idiot because you're
1: reading comics wrong. I mean, sounds like a gratitude journal for comics, Dan. So good for good for you guys and me because I'm on it now all the time, all the time. I got I haven't gone on in two days though, so I gotta go check see what you said. Anyway,
0: yeah, yeah, this this is it. Like as long as we can keep feeding Mark's narcissism, we know he's going to show up. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, anyway, let's get back to talking about this comic.
1: I mean, uh, you what, you 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 called me straight out. I love it. All right, Peter's
0: culpability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a topic I wanted to talk about. So like. Yeah, you, you get a big event like this. First of all, say what you will about Mayor Adams and his decision to add a, a skyscraper with passage to limbo after the entire city got destroyed by limbo. I mean, like there is a panel in this where we see the skyline and there are faces on the sides of the buildings as if they were transformed into giant demons that ate everybody on the inside. Like and even in an issue of Amazing Spider-Man, there's a moment where he like. Swings by, you know, and and steals like a comic book or a newspaper, uh, which which is fueled Twitter conversations about would Spider-Man steal comics, which is like the dumbest conversation I think I've ever seen on the net. Uh, But inside of said newsstand are all these bodies uh, like skeletons of people. Right. So like the implication is there's countless death going on here and the city has been transformed by this thing. You know, enough, but, like, Mayor Adams still willing to look the other way, you know, like, uh, like, and and invite those people back with an embassy. Joking aside, like, did this thing need to go so big, like, maybe for an X-Men story this makes sense, but for a Spider-Man story, like, I can't help but think about, like, Peter's culpability in all of this destruction, you know? Like, the the tone to me is so weird, because in Spider-Man books, people's lives... Like are taken a little more seriously than I'd say X-Men books are Like we don't really get to this kind of large scale cataclysm And when we do like it's handled with a fairly deft hand I would say like Spider Island to me is like the one large scale spider event That actually works because it engages with that idea And Peter's guilt around that and responsibility being like scaled up And here it just feels like punchy punchy but the buildings are eating thousands and thousands of people. I-, I know that they were evacuated to limbo. But still, I don't know, Mark, am I am I picking a nit with like something that's just comics and I should accept comics will do this kind of thing?
1: Well, no, I mean, not when we're operating in the universe. And, you know, as our our, I guess. Our guests that our Patreon members know about, uh, you know, Ron, friends, and Tom DeFalco once detailed to us, like, you know, this is a character who, who it contemplates and is repentive about the fact that he jumped over a shotgun blast from the Sin Eater and it killed someone behind him. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is this is who Spider Man is. So, like, yeah, to to be so glib about this mass destruction, and I would say, like, and like, this is talk about hot takes. I'm about to drop here because you know how I feel about Maximum Carnage. But even that dealt with, like, the large-scale destruction and chaos and death and Peter's culpability about it far better than this did. I, I mean, like, again, this is... The whole tone of this book was just so silly and glib and 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 irresponsible uh, about really anything that was happening here. I mean, all the way to the ridiculous ending with the with limbo embassy that it's like this doesn't this doesn't fit into the spider-man mythos in any kind of cohesive way it just doesn't it doesn't and we've been saying that like just even within the zeb wells run oh this doesn't you know this doesn't fit into what he's been doing like i said doesn't fit in at all like this is this is the weirdest experiment i think i've ever witnessed in my years of reading spider-man like i just don't understand i i i know i'm repeating myself i'm a broken record i don't understand any of this so yes no you're not being sensitive or nitpicky like you had demons overrunning the city and like you know and yes it's a, it's a future episode but you know the the very next issue of amazing spider i was just kind of like oh what a week we had right it's tuesday <laughs> lemon i mean you know like it's just there's no <laughs> like you know like this is hey Spider-Man, this is your clone who did this, and and there's not even that. I mean, like Ben Riley's consequences at the end just seem ridiculous, you know? Like, oh, he's sitting in the garden in limbo, but you know, we're giving him a prettier thing to look at because you know Madeline Pryor is cool with how he owned it up to her, and it's like, huh? Like, what is what? Uh, what did I just read? Anyway, so that that's all I got to say about that. I think, like, I I was thinking
0: back on like when. Lin- the like uh, limbo stuff, the inferno stuff, kind of tied into Spider-Man back in the what eighties, uh, late eighties, uh, early nineties, and in that it's like Spider-Man fighting like demon objects around the city, and it makes a brief appearance and stuff, and that's much more the scale of how you tie Spider-Man into something like this. You know, like the minute he has to take culpability for the entire actions of this. Places way too much burden on this on a character that's m- supposed to take this kind of thing seriously. But if he can, you can get him saving someone from a living mailbox or whatever. Like, like that's the kind of like level of responsibility you can give Spider Man in this without losing grasp of all like narrative weight. Anyway, I, just the scale of this felt so wrong, as you said, it doesn't fit the Spider Man mythos. Another thing that I felt like about this particular issue was I felt like we were fairly positive on the dark web uh, Dusk's artwork. And to me, this one felt like a bit of a miss. Uh, you know, I know there's two different artists on this. I It also is from Scott Hanna, who I'm used to br- his brilliant inks on JRJR stuff. I thought his inks here were way too loose, especially at the start of the issue. And I feel like he kind of tightened it up as he, Went on but this thing felt rushed And I don't know if that's on a, a Pencilers side or Inker side but there's like Images of this from Kubert of Spider-Man that like are probably The worst he's ever rendered this character And I, I, he was on our show and Said Spider-Man's not a character that he Has a lot of fondness for And that he often has Struggles with posing Spider-Man And like I think this was Like super apparent In, in, in this issue
1: I agree with all that now to, and I, I know I'm going to disagree here because you have a note about it. And, you know, so, uh, you know, a little sausage making reveal here. I hated the, the sideways splash page with Madeline Pryor. Like I, I just felt like, you know, in, in, in addition to thinking a lot of this comic was kind of hard to follow from a visual standpoint and 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 how the pa- how things were laid out to then throw in this like page in the middle where I'm like I got to like twist the book around and like I don't I don't I didn't think it was clever or it was a good use of Doing that, so it just further added to my frustration of it, but I feel like you have a different sense of it, so you can voice your opinion on that.
0: I mean, I don't think it's anywhere near as effective as what we got in the Vulture story with the, the page turn. Like, to me, that was like a high art moment like uh, that I would put like almost on par with like Scott Snyder's use of it during the Court of Owls story in, in his Batman run. I don't know if you've read those comics, Mark, where you have to kind of like rotate the book Every page to kind of feel The spiral of Batman losing His sanity and, and grap- grasp On reality like the Vulture thing I think that was like a Like a high art moment like Of a different scale you know I don't think this is anywhere near That but I like, I like the Experimentation with This was like a mid spread Turn like it, you have to read it Normally and mid page turn it To kind of show how she's like Powering up so much that like it breaks the layout and you Kind of have to reorient yourself with her I'm comparing it to like what if she just showed up in a big splash on the page Like I don't think it would have conveyed quite the same Amount of power upgrade like I I just thought it was like a cool Use of that thing and I like when Comics explore the physicality of the medium Again not the best use of this but like that drawing of her, like like transforming into kind of like what you associate Madeline Pryor's kind of evil former self with, like whether that be just the bare midriff or whatever. I thought I thought it was cool. Like it was the mo- first moment in the comic that made me go like, oh, the artists are are showing up to work today. You know, I I can see where it would break would break for someone else. So this don't consider this a completely wholehearted uh, endorsement of it.
1: All right. Now, do you have any other commentary on this before we officially banish Dark Web to Limbo for good here? No, not really. I did.
0: You know, I I always like to see if I can throw in something about the colors, you know, because I think these are like real artists that are doing something cool and making bold choices that really impact the storytelling. Um, And so I thought the colors here were interesting. There's like kind of muddy red and yellow. Without a lot of shading that kind of takes me back to like, you know, kind of 90s aesthetics in these books. I thought like for the Spider-Man stuff, it didn't work great. But with the X-Men stuff, I thought the colors looked really nice. Like with their kind of simple and bold costumes that they're wearing these days, like they really kind of popped in in that coloring. It was it was a different take on all of this, like bathing everything in like flames and muddy coloring. It made the X-Men really look like superheroes in this book. I appreciated that. Mark, what are you giving this thing
1: as a grade? I mean, I'm going to give it a D. I'm tempted to go lower, but like this was, this was, I guess, as fine as a wrap up as you can expect out of this, but I did not enjoy it. So D. (laughs) I'm going to give it a D as
0: well, which is to say, like, I think this is more to do with our feelings about the event as a whole. This issue was, you know, fine but this event has been really disappointing and this issue itself like was missing most of the few joys that we found, whether it be the, the kind of like cohesive art of Ed McGinnis or the, you know, the like good humor of rec rap. There were some jokes here, but like I I thought this was mostly a miss. So this is a D for me as well.
1: Well, Dan, it is that time, which is, Time for all good things to come to an end. And by good things, I mean our show, not Dark Web. So we want to say thank you to you, the listeners and viewers, for, turning in, for tuning into this episode of The Amazing Spider Talk.
0: I mean, it may be a good thing that's coming to a start now that Dark Web has, uh, has ended, but uh, stay tuned for our next episode, where I think we're kind of already previewing that we were much hotter. On uh, the next issue than we were On anything we've been getting recently But as I say at the end of our show This podcast exists because of our Listener support on Patreon For only $3.99 a month You can help support our show's existence While getting early episodes Including these reviews the same week That the comics release in stores You can get exclusive artwork And a ton of other bonuses So a thank you to everyone who already Supports us and the work that Mark And I do And a special thanks to Paul B., Cody Baldwin, River Lane, and more for joining us on the Patreon this week, and for Andy T., who has opted to upgrade to the next tier of our Patreon support.
1: That's awesome. Thank you to all of you. Additionally, to download our earliest episodes, including interviews with legendary creators like J.M. DeMatteis, Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends, Mark Bagley, and more, subscribe to our amazing Spider Talk Back Issues Podcast on Apple Podcasts.
0: This podcast was edited by Rick Coast. The video version of the show is available on YouTube and was edited by Alex Galecki. Our artwork comes handcrafted by artists Ron Friend, Sal Buscema, and Ray Sumzer. Our theme songs were produced by Rylan Bojack, Tony Thaxton, and Spider-Maj. And our animated intro was created and performed by Josh Sutton. So, Mark... Until we launch several other side podcasts in order to boost our numbers and keep our line of podcasts afloat, while also diluting
1: our product's quality, what's our motto? Woo, coming in hot. With great podcasts, there must also come the amazing spider Talk. Don't, don't miss the next installment.